Hello, listener. Welcome back to Serendipity City and to our second roundtable episode where we are leveling up and talking about the things that happened and could have happened in the latest arc. There is actually not a lot of introduction to do here, so I will not keep you any longer and let you jump straight into the discussion. Um, we are recording our level up, and if anybody has questions, if we have... How does it work? Yeah, so I think at this point, everybody probably leveled up. Um, I don't think I don't think I did. Are you sure? No, I think I only got plus two. Well, you should have... Wait a second. I have plus four total. You should have at least five. Because of the mission objectives. There were only three mission objectives. There was successfully negotiate payment for the mission, figure out what's harming the Grove, locate the threat, and neutralize the threat was 2 XP. So the first three were 1 XP each, and the, the last one was 2 XP. So, yeah, five. So, five. What are your personal objectives? When adhering to your ethical code hinders the mission mark XP and something to do with the werewolves or cops. I'm as surprised as anyone to discover that Charlie has an ethical code. No, yeah. oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> he did explain what the ethical code was, and I remember it wasn't like strict ethics. It was his no. ethical code. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I would say that maybe shooting her is with his ethical code because she was doing bad things. Sure, and I didn't kill her. Yeah, so I'd give yourself a point for that. But does it hinder the mission? That Wait, hinder no, the actually, mission. that actively advanced the mission. Yeah, yeah that did. actively advanced the mission. Actually, it didn't. He did put it in danger because he could have shot her in the brain and we would have gotten no information. Also, from it. it caused Nancy to be like out for the rest of the thing because she was like playing a staring contest with a one eyed woman. Okay, so now you have six total XP. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start with Iroh. Yep. Your possibilities for advancement are you can take a new archetype move or a new move from another archetype, or you can add one to any stat or to any faction. It'll be on your character sheet um, where it's like character creation and it'll be advances and it'll tell you moves you can do. Oh, I see. Oh, look at that. Thank you. You're welcome. Cool. Dang. I didn't know I could take stuff from other archetypes. That's exciting. All right. Well, I'm going to read up on that for next time. For now, I'm going to advance spirit. So I go from negative one to zero, but at least that's, uh, I no longer have any negatives in any of my stats. So that's good. Good. Well-roundedness. I said it into the mic just for you, Brendan. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What about you, Vex? Um, I'm going to advance blood because it sounds like we're going to be getting into some, some bloody danger stuff with Baldwin, Phelps and co. Advanced blood is my favorite Japanese role-playing game. (laughs) It's the name of my metal band. Sounds like a science-based metal band. like Advanced Blood. Yeah, Advanced Blood. You sing songs about, um, I don't know, biology, I guess? Well, when we were first starting out, we were Blood 101. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. But we learned more than three chords, so now we're Advanced Blood. (laughs) Okay, Nancy, what you gonna be? So I'm really torn between um, getting my blood or heart up because I'm in zero, but I also really want to take another corruption move because dark fate sounds awesome. I thought we weren't using corruption move. Nancy's character in particular um, is extremely underpowered without the corruption move, so that was something that I did custom for her. Do you have your eye on a particular one? Dark fate. What does that do? And... It's so dark fate is mark corruption when face to face with someone to pronounce a curse on them. Roll with spirit on a 10 plus, choose two, on a seven to nine, choose one. And the things are the curse will last for a long time. You're not the obvious source of the curse, but you just like made them aware of it. And the effects of this curse (laughs) 
Or like obvious and like, you know, they start filling the effects like cool. right away. Okay. If other people, if you want to, you can look at your corruption moves. And if there's something that you find particularly compelling, um, which was something that I had meant to say to everybody else. But with Jennifer in particular, the Oracle is uh, fairly underpowered as a, especially as a magic user. Yeah. And it makes more sense with the fiction to do sure. something more interesting. So I will mark you down for that. And I will um, create some custom rules for that. Wait, so what are we doing for marking corruption? Um, we're not marking corruption. So she's, she's take so she has like, so for her eyes that borrow move, um, the original is just that you get to mark corruption to lock eyes with someone. Uh, so I created like roll moves for it's it. It's just where, a move. Yeah. Okay. Like so that it's just like a basic move yeah, and there's so downsides like she for every. Cross that out and then gave me a roll gotcha. system for it. I will work on that between now and the next session. Fox. Right, remind me what I'm doing. Um, you can. So you're leveling up. So you right. can add one to any of your stats, which is right here. So blood, heart, mind, or spirit, or any of your factions. Or you can choose a new move from over here. Okay. Did you say that I could choose a corruption move or? Yeah. If there's a corruption move that you find particularly interesting, um, you can do that and I will create a custom rule set for it. Okay. Then I want to do the corruption move from hell, which is mark corruption to have your patron send a gang of demons to work on your behalf for a scene. Hell yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you will do that and I will create a custom rule set for it. And that is going to awesome. have some interesting downsides when you fail. Oh no. <laughs> Please use it every scene. <laughs> <laughs> are they, wait, are they like full size demons? Or are we talking like little, little like pixie demons? Um, we will see depending yeah, on how well you I roll. Depend on how, yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Oh, they, they have to be a huge swarm of demon links, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little yes. horn geckos yeah. yes alright cool so everyone is leveled up does anybody have any questions for the other players about this mission or behavior or character choices if you don't that's fine are we doing like a little Q&A or? yeah we're doing a little Q&A behind the scenes a happy hour if you will a happy hour chat a fireside chat Vex what prompted your decision to go to that lady well, I knew that I didn't possess the alchemic abilities to fix it. And um, considering that they already had a ward set up and that lady, the lady in the basement seemed like she was extra careful. I knew that there was going to be some sort of trap. Um, I think Vex is pretty careful. Um, so I remembered like how the relationship that we had. Um, we only knew each other for a couple of days, but she, you could tell, like, especially in like the interview and stuff that like, she was really excited about me. Um, and she was like a nerd. Like she didn't seem like the type that was going to be, uh, she was just in it for the magic, I think. And yeah. I, I think I could tell that just by the way that she was so kind of like, she's very passionate about the magics, um, and encouraging and I guess just a nerdy about it. Like it was like her thing. So I figured it was worth a shot. I still had enough hold that I could teleport back out if I needed to. But yeah, I thought I could see, I could tell that there was like definitely going to be some, if you started with a puzzle that there was going to be more coming. Yeah, no. And so I mentioned it during the recording and it will probably get cut out of the final episode, but like that's, it's funny. Um, It was a very good decision because yeah, I had some options set up for like a partial success or a failure and like the worst case scenario of attempting to 
fix that problem, like without knowing what you were doing, was that the sacred gro- like there would be some negative re- repercussions on the sacred grove, but also like there would be a like small localized explosion that would cause harm to everyone in the room. So like all of you, and would also basically start like a turf war between the alchemists and the druids, and also like have the alchemists like sending people after you because they would basically assume that you had like instigated a tiny terrorist attack on their school for no reason. Yeah. And I also like brought to mind, like every time you watch a show and it's like all this drama, just because like, why don't you just talk to them? <laughs> like, you know, like if so-and-so would have told so-and-so about this thing, then it would all be cool. And yeah. I guess that's what I did, which is probably the opposite of building drama, but I just no, it's a creative solution. I like it. Good call. Nancy, yeah. you found a, l- a little bit about your parents um, without giving it away. Do you feel like it's going to be something that helps the group or complicates the group? Um, it's definitely going to be a complication, but also a help at the same time. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Cause you'll definitely see her like disappear or she's going to become a little more shady and a little probably more absent while she discovers what's going on with that. Gotcha. And you're also probably going to see a lot more sand in her shoes. <laughs> Well, I really look forward to that. <laughs> or or find or her like buying a pair of boots and you're like, why is Nancy wearing these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're gonna be like, what is going on? Why isn't she in heels? <laughs> um, but no, I'm cool. I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for you giving me that opportunity. Yeah. Writing that character was <laughs> or writing that letter in character was fun. I'm I'm just really excited. I I literally like went to my husband every time she'd ask me a question, hey, answer this. <laughs> and he'd be like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yes, that's why I love you. Okay. Yeah. No, I slacked her. I, I was like, what's the name of Nancy's parents? And like five minutes later, she's like Rose and Patrick McGinnis. And I was like, wow, that was really fast. And she's like, yeah, it was Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's a DM in our vampire game. So I was just like, he was like, I don't know. I just came up with the most... Irishy sounding name I could think of. Yeah, it's definitely like Irish working class sounding. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how Fox rolls with the punches. Yeah, <laughs> that's I love Fox as a character so much. Thank you. <laughs> this like mysterious figure shows up in his apartment and he's like, "Okay, <laughs> whatever." That's how he gets through life. <laughs> like this is what we're doing now. <laughs> so this is. That's it's just the being, subtitle. Be, being chill as a self-defense mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the subtitle of Evan's autobiography. <laughs> so this is what we're doing now. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. what was the first one? It was something like just the tiniest hint of passive aggression. Oh, yeah. Just skating across oh, yes. passive aggressiveness or something like that. Yeah. Just skating across passive aggressiveness and Evan Moore's story. Charlie, do you think that you are way more aggressive in this episode because the last few times we've recorded you, you like, I mean, just as like, hasn't, I haven't done anything. You, you've kind of felt useless. I literally more. pussyfooted around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, as a cat. So do you think that, do you think it was out of character for you to just straight up shoot that girl in the face and that it was probably, I see it as being like born of kind of not being useful since it was so mad, such so much magic. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to play too. Um, also I, like, I didn't have this gun before and I just had that, like that glove. So I kind of wanted to use it and I thought it would help advance the, the scene because it was supposed to be a minor injury, you know? <laughs> yeah. I thought it made sense. Like I thought I was going to get away with it. Yeah. 
<laughs> many times did. you did, <laughs> even with those meddling kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's interesting because I think that, um, I think that that's something that you've talked about before is like sort of Charlie's frustrate. Not, I don't even know if frustration is the right word, but Charlie seems okay, but very much feels out of his depth when it comes to magical stuff and does not like that. Kind of like uh, and I don't know if that's accurate or not, but yeah, sort of. I mean, I also sort of think that like when I first sort of conceived of Charlie, I sort of thought of him, and we've talked about this before about being like kind of like more paranoid, more reserved, and yada yada. But like he's way more risk taking all the time. Yeah, you know? I think he has a death wish. Yeah, that. Do you think? Seems- I wonder if maybe part of that is like almost performative of like feeling like hanging out with people that are more magical, feeling like oh, well, I need to be more like. Yeah, I could see Yeah, that. I kind of Pers- like, sorry. No, no, please go ahead. I kind of like the idea that like Charlie and Vex are like the, we're closest with each other than anyone else right now. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that I'm like all like magic and he's kind of over there just like, why do you got to use magic for everything? Just fucking, you know, like there are yeah. real, there are real world solutions to this without using magic Vex. And I'm like, yeah, but it's easier this way. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of happens that way. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Cool. I had a question and I forgot it. Do any of you have questions for me about anything in this mission? Are we going to do a wrap up scene with Gail where we, Gail and Regina talk, or are we just going to leave that in the, I will probably, you can do it in your self. Cause you're both characters. Yeah. I will probably like narrate something for the podcast <laughs> just to give a little just bit of closure. Just talk to yourself. Yeah, like back and watch that happen. <laughs> yeah. That would, that's my literal nightmare. <laughs> that's why there's never two talkative NPCs in a scene. It's, it's, challenging yeah no i don't know like how people i mean they have literal years of practice that's how they do it but yeah it's like it's hard enough having multiple different npcs and like in one recording session and making them sound different both like verbal tick wise and voices especially because i have a hard time thinking of like voices to do that don't strain my vocal cords and when we're recording for like two or three hours at a time or four like it's hard so yeah, the thought of, but no, I will, yeah, I will probably record something narration wise that like sort of does that and maybe write something out for like the Patreon that gets more involved. Um, but that was definitely the least conflict inducing way for this t- mission to end. Good job. The one that I did not yeah. even predict. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite NPC? Oh man. Obviously Bugsy. Bugsy. Yeah. I like Bugsy. <laughs> I love Bugsy. Uh, I like Dolores, but I'm still figuring out Dolores' character. But I've kind of decided that she's like Kate Blanchett in Ocean's 8. That's my new reference. For Can I, I marry her? her yet. I haven't seen her. Yeah. If you want to. So I suddenly decided that I like her a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to do some research, you can stage at the bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just- well, I was trying to think like I the problem with I was like my vision of Dolores is someone who's like super chill, roll with the punches, very, very hard to phase both because she, I mean, she's like magical she's a bartender and like i've heard your stories i know what happens at bar like it's it's hard to phase a bartender but also she's like half fae and she's magical and she's like grown up here and grew up like was originally part of like has this like whole side of her family that is super secretive and so like it's so i just kind of imagined her as this like super chill roll with the punches person but the problem is that like when she's not getting like a ton of screen time that just sort i feel like that sort of reads as having like no character which is not what so i was like trying to think of some very specific touch points and like kate blanchett's character in oceans eight is like sort of that same like very in control like chill rolling with the punches person so that's 
a touch touch point at this point. Yeah. I mean, I can see like she's been seeing this stuff happen over and over and over and over and over like for her whole life. So like she's almost at this point just like, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Like everybody, they come in bloody and you fix them up and they go out again. And like, so it's kind of. And I mean, yeah, like and being being both like only half human and a magic user in Serendipity City, like she has had people like, you know, try to physically attack her or like, like swear at her on the street, like all of that. Like she's dealt with all of that. So I imagine it's just like, I think of her as someone that it's extremely, extremely hard to ruffle. And she has like multiple contingency plans. So yeah, I think that's everything. Right. Good job. Good job, everyone. Tight, 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 Noise. All right. Okay. Bye. And that's the show. Thank you for listening to Serendipity City. All of our player and cast information is in the show notes, along with the link to our community Discord and other social media. Want to get an NPC named after you? In addition to becoming a patron, you can now also be entered in the NPC name lottery by tagging us on Twitter with a tweet about the show or writing a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts and tweeting a screen cap at us. We just hit our first Patreon goal, which is super exciting and means that a fiasco one-shot is coming your way. I will let you know as soon as I have the details on that, although, of course, it's going to be coming to patrons first. So, while you're here, this is a great time to check out the Patreon at the link in the description and also on our site at serendipitypod.com. Many thanks to patrons like Melody Burton and Ed Goforth for making it possible for me to spend more time on projects like this. Our next episode will go up on September 11th when we'll be meeting back up with Iro, Fancy, and Fox. If you're enjoying the show, please consider rating, interviewing, or telling a friend about us. That's the only way we can find new listeners. Thanks again for listening and for your patience with our recent show delays, and have a great day. Wait, are we are we going to get our experience points for f- completing the mission? Yes, so if you did not already, mark 2 XP. Yeah, for completing the mission. Oh, did she? I wasn't paying. We all said, Nancy, remember to do that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In one voice, like a choir. (laughs) Oh, okay, that's how I leveled up. Never mind. I'm dumb. Podcast Advocate.network.